When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, everyone. Hello, welcome to another episode of Top of the Key. Uh, I'm Grace. As always, I'm here with Thomas. We actually have news to talk about this week. Yeah, like, I stopped the presses, really. <laughs> Finally. I can't believe it, yeah. The, the method of us waiting to record worked. It's true. The method to our madness worked. <laughs> After the third time's a charm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so first, um, there were a few... Like you know, there's a ton of free agency stuff, like for, like free agent stuff that we can get into. But I I want to do the trades first because there's two trades that are kind of percolating now that are holding stuff up, making things complicated. Um, the first one was kind of a surprise last Friday. The Los Angeles Sparks cord Jordan Canada, and at first everyone was like, "Oh my God, they're they're gonna." They're going to give her a max deal. That's great. And then immediately, like, five seconds, literally, like, five minutes later, it was, and they're going to try and sign a trade. Um, yep. Which, like, still good for Jordan Canada. She's getting paid no matter what here. Um, she deserves it. And I would assume that a sign and trade probably comes with at least a little bit of autonomy of where you want to go. Yeah. Um, there's only a few people who could sign and trade for her, and she probably knows that, so she could probably help facilitate this. Yeah, because uh, she could she has to actually sign before the trade happens. So. Yes, yes. Um, the the one team we've heard reportedly interested so far is the Atlanta Dream, which makes sense, and that would be a fun fit for her. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, That'd be a that's good a fit. a good fit. Nice young team on the up. Like that's that would be a fun. Yeah, that's fit. really that's really the fit. The young yeah. team who needs a a. A bit of a, a bit of a veteran presence to help stabilize everything. Yeah, and and I mean, we saw last year they made the playoffs. They didn't look the best in the playoffs, but again, you add another team of all those players being together. You add a really great point guard like Jordan Canada, and just like this is this is a team on the up. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, the, the Sparks kind of, the Sparks and Canada are sort of in this great position where they can exploit the the fact that there are multiple teams searching for a starting level guard here. Um, the Dream, the Sun, the Lynx, the Sky, maybe the Mystics if they lose Cloud, maybe the Wings if they don't want to start uh, Crystal Dangerfield. I mean, that's a lot of teams and there's not that many starting point guards. So... Yeah, show, there'll be options for both parties. There'll be options for Canada and there'll be options for the Sparks. Yeah. I would assume. Yeah, and and part of me, I wouldn't be surprised if this takes a little while to see where, you know, the Skylar Diggins-Smith chip falls and where the mm-hmm. Natasha Cloud chip falls. Like, there's, I, I think there's going to... Because Canada's not the number one option on the board for teams, but once those two sign, she shoots all the way up. Yeah, she's like, she's not, I don't want to say down there, that's rude. That's, a, that's not true, rather. But she, um, she's definitely not the, anyone's first option, I don't think. So being able to figure out where the other people go first um, is how, is that, that will open up her market significantly. And then she's okay. going to choose wherever she wants to go after that, probably. Yeah, it's this is this is cool. This is like the fun. This is the fun discussion stuff. Like you're you're sort yeah. of it. It's not just like oh, because there's so many moving parts here. Um, yeah, this is this is gonna be a uh, an interesting thing for for Jordan Canada. Um, the other really big news that we're still dealing with is the Elena Deladon uh, sign and trade rumors, which are seeming to pick up steam here. Um. The Mercury have already called with interest in Elena Deladon. Um, I get why the Mercury are interested in adding a player like Elena Deladon's caliber. I don't quite get why Elena Deladon would want to go to the Mercury with where the Mercury are right now. Yeah. It's at her stage of her career. I could see if she was younger and she was like willing to take on a multi-year project, but I can't imagine she is because of just where she's at in her career and her age and her injury history. Like there's so many injuries that have, that she has to battle through and she keeps getting hurt. So I would be a little shocked if she chooses a team that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> like um, at that point, just stay in Washington. Like I don't really understand yeah, why you wouldn't. Washington's even if they don't keep cloud, Washington's going to be better in the short term than the mercury yeah. are unless the mercury like, make a million deals, but I don't see that happening because why would anyone pick the Mercury right now? Yeah, unless you could like sell them on unless, uh, unless you could sell a group of people on, hey, come play with a completely new team, but that's yeah. tough. That's You actually have to get that to happen before it works, you know? Like, that's one of the things that works in that it's like a, that happens like a video game, but it doesn't really happen in real life because you actually have to convince people, you have to convince the first person to sign. Because the yeah. first person to sign is the one taking the biggest risk. Because if you miss out on everyone else, then they're screwed. So, I don't know. Yeah. And I think it's also one of those things where you could do that. You could convince a bunch of people to come to the team at the same time. I mean, the Liberty, we just watched them do it. But the difference is, the Liberty had a decent group already there that they could build upon. You had Sabrina Ionescu. Yeah. You had Ben Ijelani. You had Marine Johannes. You had this good core there. And you had Sandy Brondello at the helm of the ship to say to Elena Deladon, listen, you want to win. So come to the team with a coach who 
does not know the game of basketball yeah. apparently um a bunch of people who just bought the team who are still kind of learning the ins and outs of this organization and an actual group of players that includes like aged Diana Taurasi which aged Diana Taurasi is still good but aged Diana Taurasi is going to show her age um yeah she's not she's not the Diana Taurasi that we remember like she's just yeah. not that player anymore and Brittany Griner's there, which again, Brittany Griner's a great player. But Brittany Griner, again, I, I, seeing the way last year played out, I think you're going to have to factor in that she's going to miss certain amount of games for whatever reason, whether it's physical health or mental health after everything that happened. And I think that's complete, obviously, completely fair. Yeah. She went through something that no one should ever go through and really has ever gone through in professional sports. Um, but you're going to have to factor that in there. And if you're Elena Deladon and you're an injury risk a lot of the time, you're asking like Michaela Onyenwede and um, Sophie Cunningham to pick up a lot of slack here. Yeah, this is like a move that like a 26-year-old Elena Deladon would make if she's like yes. ready to like put her. It's like I'm okay with being bad for two years if I could build a team kind of in my in my image, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, not really in my image because it's not her. She's not the GM, but you know what I mean? Like build around yeah. me. Like yeah, she's, she would be the star. Like, like you could build around her here, but it would have to be someone you build around in like two years. Like she's a good fit for a team like the aces because they know it's already ready made a team like uh, Connecticut could be a fit, but like they don't have what the, what the mystics are looking for, which is picks, right? They want to move up in the draft. Yes, the Mystics are seeking draft pick compensation. Uh, the Mercury have the number three pick, I believe. It's yeah. number three or number four. I think it's three. And that's a great, and that's why, like, if I'm the Mystics, I would definitely consider it because you kind of get ahead of the retool. You keep Cloud, uh, like, you would, you work out, you work to resign Cloud, you use the fourth or third pick, whatever it is, to get an impact player, and then you move from there. But I just don't know why Elena Deladon would agree to that. Yeah. Unless she like unless she literally hits up her friends who are free agents and are like, we're gonna do this and we're just gonna pick Mercury as the destination. Like <laughs> like 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 the Nets did with KD back in the day. Like it wasn't like the Nets were that great. They had picks and stuff and they had like a interesting little group, but it was they were not they were never contender, but other people outside of the organization chose them as a decision. And maybe she does that. But I don't know. That seems a little risky. Especially, yeah. like, this group of free agents is good, but it's not that good. Like, <laughs> like, like they wouldn't be the aces of the Liberty. They'd be a good team. They'd probably be a playoff team if they do something like that, but at to what end? Where you could just stay in Washington and not do all of this. Yeah. I mean, l listen, I'm going to say this selfishly as a Liberty fan. I want the Mercury to be very bad next year. Um, because that heightens their chance of getting the number one pick, which then comes to the Liberty. So, personally, I want the Mercury to be very bad. Oh, and I, I want don't... them to be terrible. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's asking a lot here. <laughs> like, they're like, going to no. be bad. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would be pretty shocked if they're not bad. Because yeah, I, I, just, I just don't think this is going... Frankly, I would be kind of surprised if she goes to, to Phoenix. Like, I think that, they, that she's going to end up working something out with a team that is not Phoenix. And I think Mercury is calling because... They, it's their due diligence and it's smart for them. But it's more the, the person, the, the thing that I don't understand who would make the decision is the player. And she doesn't want to go there, then that's it. 
it's weird. I'm getting like this vibe, and not my vibes aren't always right, but like for like the fact that the only team we've heard about so far being interested is the Mercury, and obviously some teams can move in silence, but that's not always the case. Part of me feels like this does end with her just getting something done with the Mystics because I don't. Again, like you said, they've they've already got a good team. They were the number what seven seed last year and even if they lose cloud if they sign a different point guard they can be a playoff team again elena deladon gets the chance to try and compete in the playoffs again and win again with the team that is close to home for her like it just feels like she should just stay with the mystics at this point if the mercury are the only team interested yeah and i just don't think i also don't think the mercury are going to be the only team that comes calling i could see I could see this also taking a little bit of time and, and other teams seeing that they they miss out on free agents. Um, and then they're like, well, Hey, we could just trade our first round pick for Elena Deladon and seeing how that goes. If it's like a mid tier team that kind of gets them to the next level. So, or it gets them up a level rather. So we'll see yeah. how it goes. And I, it's just, it'll be curious because I think what the, what Elena Deladon wants and what the mystics need to trade her are two different things. And I don't think they could get them from the same places, which, so I'm curious to see how it'll work. We'll get into this later when we talk about the, the big news surrounding uh, NECA Ogumike's free agency, but of the teams taking meetings with NECA, especially of the ones that seem more competitive, I could see a team that loses out on her yeah. turning around and going to the yeah. mystics at that point. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I was thinking too. Yeah. So, I don't know. This is th- this is fun sign and trade stuff. Um why don't we take a little bit of a break cuz we have a lot to talk about in terms of free agency, free agency. Uh, when we come back, we'll get into the free agency of it all. All right, and we're back. Uh so we even more than the trade stuff, we got a lot of just general free agency news this week. Um, I'm going to start off with, again, we're both Liberty fans. Um, John Quell Jones intends to return to New York uh, after receiving, quote, significant interest across the league. Um, and my first reaction was like a hearty, because I don't know yeah. how you replace her if you're New York. They they had to resign her, <laughs> I think. Um, I don't really think they had a choice. She was their best player in the playoffs. Um she is one of she's probably what their second best player, third best player. Yeah. Depends on At any given about, time, second or third, yeah. It depends on how you feel about Sabrina. Um yeah. I would say second. I think she's better than Sabrina. But yeah, I mean they they needed to do that and they did it, so I can't really complain. Yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> and also I'm not ter- terribly surprised either. I I I know that she got widespread interest around the league, but I think we talked about this when the season ended because that's when right when this pod when this podcast started the season was just ending like the third episode or something we what we went to the last game of the year and then (laughs) and then talked about uh her wanting to come back and we were just like yeah um she could leave and make similar money for a worse team unless she goes to the aces the only team that would have been better than the liberty to go to or the aces and she's already been here so I think there's something to be said, too, about the fact that um, she came here as part of the group, you know, Stewie and Sloot. But she came here with the idea of wanting to win 
And I think that there's probably also, for her at least, a desire to see that through. And like you said, unless she goes to the Aces, which, as we saw at the end of the season, not saying that they absolutely hate each other, but I'm going to guess that a lot of that situation probably left a bit of a t- bad taste in her mouth. And I also think the Aces, prob- at this point, no one really is certain what's going on with Candace Parker. So... Maybe Candace Parker has said to the Aces, I intend to play next year. And, you know, all we heard was significant interest. If the Aces showed no interest in John Quell Jones, if she was one of the teams that didn't have significant interest, where else are you going is John Quell Jones yep. that is going to give you that chance and is going to give you the chance to sort of see through a project. She wanted to come here. She was a trade that she told them, I want to go to New York. Um she was the first player here. She sort of signified a, a change in this team's future in like a big way. Um, I think that there probably was a desire on her end to just see that through to some sort of completion. One year is not enough to see that through. And as we've seen with the Aces, first years of super teams don't always work out. It took the Aces a bit of time with this core to reach the finals. And now they've won two in a row. Who knows? The Liberty could get that done once they have another year to, and John Quill Jones this year will come into the season healthy, which will be a new added flavor because that the first month yep. and a half of this season were marked by her foot injury lingering. I think there's a lot of pieces here that probably influenced John Quill Jones's decision to return. Yeah. And like you made a good point with the aces needing continuity before they won. Like look how the Liberty weren't the Liberty as we knew them when they were at the best, when they were at their best this year for like a while, like the early part of the season was rough. Yeah. They were, they, it took them forever to learn how to play with each other. It took them forever to, to learn how to, um, how to just be a team because it's one thing for a bunch of really talented players in others in like that, in like baseball or something, because like, it doesn't really matter what your teammate does. Like, yeah. Like if if you get traded in the middle of the season and you're really good, like you're probably just going to be really good or like if you're Shohei Otani, like it doesn't matter that you've never played with these guys before because like it's just you just hit the ball and you're up there by yourself. But like all everyone on a basketball court got to learn how to play with everyone else on the basketball court, you know? Like football's the same way and all the, all these team sports like that are the same way. And so I think that we discount that stuff a lot because they're professional athletes and they're all really talented. But, like, they played probably internationally with each other. I don't exactly remember how many times, but I'm sure they did. But it's different when you're living with them. Obviously, on the road and stuff, you're living with them. But when you're when you're sharing a facility with them every day and you're learning their personalities and their in and outs and how they are on the court in an everyday setting in a league, it's totally different. And so I think that now the learning curve for the Liberty are gone. And the learning curve with the Liberty was the best season in franchise history, you know? So... <laughs> There's no yeah. reason not. There's no reason for her not to want to run it back. Also, and no reason for the Liberty not to want to run it back because if you're the Liberty and John Quill Jones does in the alternate reality where she does leave for like an Aces or Elena Deladon's like come team up with me in Phoenix or whatever, you know what I mean? Like then, then you're you're searching to refill a place that you just there's no place for you to re- really fill that free agency. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to, 
I'm very excited to see a New York team that knows each other this well from the start, like for a full 40 games. Because like you said, the first two months, I would say, month and a half. It was a little rough. It was rough. They were still winning a bunch of games, but it was they were winning a bunch of games because like Brianna Stewart decided we're not losing this game today or Courtney Vandersloot saved the day at the last second. Like it was weird stuff like that. And then you saw late July into August into September they came into their own, and that team looked insane. Yeah. 40 games I mean, they were, the, they were the second-best team in the league, and the only reason why they didn't win the championship last year is because the Aces were the literal best team of all time yeah. in the WNBA. So, like, it sucks, but also what do you – it is what it is, really. <laughs> but and, – and not and not to say the Aces aren't literally running that team back, so it'll be similar issues, but – the Liberty are also running it back, and they'll be better too. So it'll be curious to see how it all plays out. I, I just do don't think there up. was a. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say I don't think there was another. As much as this felt like John Cole Jones actually wanting to see out there what it was out there and stuff, I feel like there was. Everyone kind of knew. I don't think anyone's surprised here. Yeah, I do. Just want to say about the Aces running it back. I was reading an article in the Athletic where they made mention of the fact that Kia Stokes is still in a walking boot. And I'm really curious what that injury was because it is the I think injury she, from the finals. I think she recently got out of it. Okay, but still, that's a like even Chelsea Chelsea Gray's on the training camp for USA Basketball. Like that's a long time for whatever the foot injury was for uh, Kia Stokes. I'm, I'm interested to see if they're if they're going to have to manage those two's minutes at the start of the season. Yeah, it's very possible. And um, in which case, they should probably build out that bench a little bit better. I just don't know what they're going to do. Like, they're a wild card team for me, which is funny as a team that just won, that has one of the best <laughs> rosters in. Like, it's it's weird to say this, that a team with one of the best rosters in the WNBA, probably the best roster, and the most stars and da-da-da-da, everything else that we could say about them that we all have for as long as this podcast has existed. Um, I don't, they're a wild card. They could add a max slot if they want. They could add a bunch of high-profile um, bench players if they want. They could kind of add a medium-sized contract and other and smaller. Like, there's a lot of leeway for them, despite the fact that they are an established super team with an elite roster, and no one really left. You know what I mean? It's kind of wild yeah. when you t- t- to think about how set up they are for future success because of that. And stuff in basketball changes, and people get worse, and things happen, but. It's just wild to see how set up they are. Like they're yeah. going to be the favorites next year. Oh, absolutely! And and it's 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 crazy to think that they could get even better. But I just yeah. don't know how they want to build their roster up. They might think that adding a max contract is too risky because then that really gives them no future leeway, and that's your roster. And there might not be a person out there that they like enough for that. I don't know, but it'll be curious. Well. Speaking of the Aces' free agency strategy, um, they are one of several teams showing interest in uh, Kalani Brown, who's a free agent. Um, they're interested, along with the Sparks, the Storm, the Dream, and the Wings. Um, this I mean, this rock, like, so. yeah, she's great. <laughs> that like rocks. You know, again, it's cool to see like these players that had these breakouts last year get the interest, like tons of teams interested in them, and it also makes this whole off-season more fun than just, like, this player's returning to their team and this player's returning to their team and this player's... Like, this is this is fun, and I can't wait to see... Again, Kalani Brown feels, to me, like a player that might 
wait until Aneka Agwumike decides where she's going or Elena Deladon gets traded somewhere. But this is what keeps the, the offseason fun. Yeah, for sure. And um, to speak on um, what she did this year, I'm looking up her stats real quick. Because uh, she's only 26 also, which is for a free agent hitting the market, that's a great time for for a team to invest in a player that at that age. Yeah. And for a player of that age to like really find a long-term fit for herself. Like she up she had her most points per game with 7.8. She had um almost a four and a half rebounds per per um per game. She only played Interesting enough, she only played uh, 16 minutes and only started five times, so I'm curious to see, like, what she values. Because if she wants to win, like, you sign with the Aces and you become their sixth man. But, or even, like, spot starter. But she could go to a team and, like, really become a starter. Like, and just blow up from there. You know what I mean? And I'm curious to to see what she's looking for in, in, um in a match because she could, she could really pick a long-term match for herself here. And I think that it would be nice for her to, to do that. And also she gave herself a good platform year to do so, which is always nice to see. Yeah. Um, and especially if they, whatever happens to Candace Parker, Kia Stokes, you know, this injury, whatever, this could make a lot of sense for the aces. Cause she's someone who is it makes a ton to- of, yeah. it makes a ton of sense for the aces in my opinion. Like that's, I know adding a max slot is adding the better player and that's how it is. And like you add stars in basketball because stars win you games, no matter what type of basketball it is, whether it's high school, whether it's college, the team with the better stars usually wins, but the aces already have all so many that adding viable bench pieces will state will protect them from injury. Well, I don't know. I think that's the route that they should go. And I think what they did last year was pretty risky and it obviously paid off, but if if Asia Wilson went down, it was over. Like, yeah. If she, if she pulled her hamstring in week one, in game one of the finals, then the Liberty are the favorites. Yeah. Like, that's just how it is. It's, so it, I don't know. It's definitely like it worked, but you can't count on that working. I mean, we're, we're Mets fans. We've seen multiple teams yeah, made yeah. of like 39 year olds with brittle bones that like, <laughs> end up and obviously the apart. aces are much, much younger, but yeah, still but like, the, you, the, again, the you can't go into a season and just assume like everyone's going to be healthy. And that even though it's just 40, 40 games and whatever, like you, you, especially with what happened in the finals, they got, I'm not going to say they got lucky, obviously, because they're a very talented team, but they got, um, cut a very big break by how badly the Liberty were in those first two games. Because if the Liberty's, Liberty pull out one of those two first games and win game three, and then Chelsea Gray and Kia Stokes go down before game four, it's that could have been a game. very different situation. I agree. It's just, it's I think that's just the route that they should go because they could also add, with the cap space that they have, they could add multiples of this. Yeah, And I think we're going to prob- we're, we're, we're going to talk about the liberty and their cap space in a minute but while the liberty have cap space right now in this moment they don't really like i was looking at an espn article and the liberty have some of the highest most cap space available in the league right now but it's it's fake cap space because yeah. do you have to give brianna stewart her her core 
for core max deal, which could be long-term, it could be short-term, but it's, it's the max. John Quill Jones is not paying for, is not playing for pennies. She's going to make a lot of money. Yeah. And she deserves to, not saying that she doesn't deserve to, obviously, but she's going to make bank. So like all that money is going to get freed up pretty quick. And then they're not going to be able to make an impact free agent signing. But, yeah. uh, but the, the, the aces could keep their core and get better, which is scary for the league. Yeah. And I think that they could get better in a, in a, what I would do is I would kind of try to get better in a magnitude of ways because then it, it helps keep that core group together and not having to insulate a new big mouth to feed and also keep everything going. Yeah. Uh, but as you teased, we'll, we'll move on to the biggest news of the week. Um, this broke yesterday, right? Or was it two days ago? I think it was yesterday. Uh, um, let me check our text. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Text you every time the, the news drops, but I think it was let's see. yesterday. Yeah. <clears throat> yesterday at five o'clock, and over the course of like four hours, everything was confirmed. There were thank you posts put out. Um, Neko Gumake is leaving the Los Angeles Sparks after 12 years. Um, this is why I just assumed she was gonna end up back with the Sparks, so yeah, <laughs> this is crazy. Like, I do want to say I think it makes sense for everyone involved. Yeah. I'm just surprised that she did it because I think the Sparks are ready to to move on and get younger and just be a different team. And then if that's the case, then she's in her 30s. It's time for her to ring chase a little bit. So here we are. Yeah. Um, I have no clue where she's going to end up. Um, she's already taken meetings with the Sparks, which obviously was where this ended, was the Sparks, and then she said, no thanks. Um, the Dream, the, Mer- the Mercury, for some reason, are in this again, and the Sky, um, and she's going to be taking meetings with the Storm and the Liberty in the coming days or weeks or whatever. Um, very interesting group of teams. Uh, yes. You have, like, your... Mid-level, looking to improve, playoff hopefuls in the dream in the sky. Uh, the the Sparks, who like are kind of in the weird middle zone, which hopefully now, with their number two overall pick, they will build themselves back up. Um, and they're out of this, so we're not going to talk about them anymore. Uh, the Mercury and the Storm, who were bad last year, um, and while they both have top four draft picks, aren't going to unless they make insane amounts of moves this offseason, they're not going to turn around on the drop of a hat. And the Liberty, which I don't... That would, again, as a Liberty fan, that would be very fun. I don't see how they make it work from a money perspective, as we were talking about, that cap space is fake, or how they just make it fit from, like, a playing uh, uh, perspective. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't think it's a, sitting? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how, how you convince her to... The only way you convince her to sign with the Liberty, in my opinion, and this is extremely possible, is you say you are a 33-year-old who has a lot of mileage on that on that body playing professional sports both all over the world and in the WNBA. And if you want to help put us over the top as a kind of like sixth man of the year award type winner. We are your team. That would require a pay cut by her, a pay cut by John Cole Jones, probably a pay cut. Well, Stewie can't take a pay cut because she got the cord. No, she but can take a pay cut. Can she? Can she so take she less? Has, 
she can is that how it works with them she by by the rules if they don't negotiate anything she has to get the, the max or the super max or whatever okay, okay. they can negotiate lower well be that as it may i didn't i didn't realize that but that makes sense i don't think she's going to take super amounts lower but i think there's a decent shot she takes a little bit lower than she i could see her doing a max as opposed to a super max maybe but she's such a pro player's rights person i cannot imagine her being like i'm the reigning mvp and i'm gonna take less money like it just that combination of things that you just don't that that doesn't make sense for an elite player like her you know what i'm saying yeah so i think it's kind of like a union situation and like a like a like a pro player situation for her to take as much money as she can so i'm fine with it hear me out <laughs> okay, go ahead. NECA starts. We bench Sloot. Laney at the as as a guard here. This is gonna be crazy. And then Stewie at the three. Yeah, you could do that and have Sabrina be the be the world's point guard worst again. point guard. <laughs> I mean, she's not a good one, but it won't matter. I guess Brianna Stewart would just kind of be would be like a point forward at that point. But yeah. <laughs> You could do that. And like, I think the thing is you could get creative enough and basketball is the type of sport that allow you to get creative enough in this situation where the sixth, your sixth uh, player could play as much as your starters. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you could, it doesn't really matter who starts because it, it matters who finishes. It matters who closes games. And like, you could, you could kind of, you don't have to start every game. You could start some games. You could bounce stuff around. Like you could kind of do a lot with this stuff. So I wouldn't hate, and I would welcome her with open arms. And I think that I think one of my main issues with how the Liberty are outlooking into next year is the Aces are with how they're set up going to get better, and the Liberty are just not. Like, there's just no real place for them to improve unless they make a trade or something like that. But this would be an improvement. This would make them better. So I think they have to take the meeting, and they got to try to figure it out. I just think she's going to choose someone. I think she's just going to choose a team with a cleaner fit. Let's go. Let let's go. Phoenix. Phoenix brings in uh, Elena Deladon and Neka Gwumake, and for some reason, that they both say let's go to Phoenix in this situation. That'd be fun. That'd be different. That'd be totally different. Like just building through the free agency with pretty much Phoenix kind of just being the catalyst <laughs> and having nothing really to do with any of it. I'd like to see her on the sky. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, and I think that's the type of team that everyone involved kind of want. Like, obviously, I think if it was up to her, she would go to a team like the Liberty or the Aces just because of ring possibility. But the Sky make a ton of sense because she gets to herald in a new group. The Sky gets to be like, "Hey, you're you're going to be the leader here. You're going to be the unabashed leader here, and we're gonna we're gonna allow you to like spread your wings, really." So, and obviously the Sparks did that a million times over, but I think also the Sparks are clearly ready to reset this whole thing. Yeah. And I think that's correct. So <laughs> I think, I think they're making the correct decision. It's just a tough one. Yeah. I think, I think the decision was made for them with the, at least the start of this decision was made for them with Candace Parker and Chelsea Gray leaving. But I think, I think it's smart on both sides to close this chapter because yeah. We're just it's dragging fine. it out at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it's just fun. Yeah. Like that stuff um, happens in sports all the time. Yeah. 
it's it you know it sucks it sucks for the sparks because she's you know one of their franchise players in the way that you know candace parker was and lisa leslie and and that's whole you know it sucks to see that player go and selfishly as a fan you want every player to be able to have like a Sue Bird level run with your team where she's there for 20 years, never leaves, and we all feel good about it at the end. But, you know, it's it w- it's going to be nice for them to then have that number two pick. And whoever they end up drafting, um, whether that be Beckers, Brink, whoever, it's going to it's gonna be a nice new start, a nice clean start from the NECA era to the whoever yeah. era. And it's like, this isn't like 1950s sports anymore where, <laughs> like, you played for a team and you stayed there until you were literally, like, half in the grave. Like, that's just not how sports teams operate anymore. So I mean, that's that's what kept Sue Bird in Seattle. There was the fact that they didn't have free agency for the longest time. By the time they did get, like, true free agency, she was just like, eh, why am I going to go somewhere for not a ton of money when I could just stay here yeah. for not a ton of money? I mean... Everyone knows that she was upset that she got drafted by the storm. She wanted to be drafted by the Liberty. It's just, we're in a different era with free agency where now these players can pick where they go. And especially a player of, of NECA's caliber, she's going to go somewhere. She's going to get paid. um, And she's going to be able, she now has complete control over her life and her career, which is great. Yeah. She could choose where she wants to go and be. And I'm sure all these teams are like throwing crazy pitches at her because she's one of the better She's going to be one of the better free agents at time. Yeah. She's still, I mean, she's, yeah, she's still good. She's 33. She's still MVP caliber. She came in what, like fourth or fifth for MVP voting this year. Something like that. Yeah. She could still play. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the NECA news. Obviously we'll, uh, we'll keep, we'll keep updating that as we get new information. Uh, and then finally, just to close out this, um, we've got two, People, uh, two more people foregoing this WNBA season. Um, Ileana Rupert is, or Rupert, I assume it's Rupert because she's French. Yeah, because um, she's French, yeah. Yeah, is foregoing the season to focus on the Olympics. She is on the French national team. And as we know, if you are French and on the French national team, you are not allowed to play in the WNBA on no, the Olympics. That's all, that's, yet. All, that's all you got. Yeah. <laughs> so we won't be seeing her this year. Um, and then. Awak Kuir, uh, who was with the Wings last year, is foregoing the 2024 season simply for rest, which I think this is a a fallout and a good illustration of what year-round basketball does to these players, that you just, yeah. she's been playing year-round for however many years, she just needs a break. And of the two, she still probably makes more money going overseas than she does in the WNBA. So she's choosing to forego this season. Oh yeah, she definitely makes more money. It's it sucks for the league, but like you know, I don't blame her. She's gotta she's gotta do what she's gotta do for her body because at a certain point, if you don't do that, your body's just gonna give out on you. Yeah, it's it's literally something that the league has to fix by paying the players more. Yeah, because when you pay them more, they don't they don't have to spend twelve months out of the year playing basketball to like survive. And then when you do that, then they're able to actually play longer. And be healthier and everything. Yeah, um, you know we do. A, we talk a lot about how certain things will affect the next CBA, which is coming very quickly down the road. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this is something they point to for the next CBA as, as the players, yeah. the players' association, saying, "Look, our players literally have to miss these seasons. Breaks, so they yeah. Make make more money for somewhere else." 
could but like could, could you imagine that in another sport like that's that <laughs> boggles the minds like soccer is different because they the league the season is literally so long it's most of the year anyway yeah but like could you imagine if a baseball player was like no nah, i'm just taking this year off because of rest like that would be unheard of because they get 6 months of rest yeah like a football player no they get six months of rest even longer sometimes you know like of course they're working out in the off season and doing things and they're not just sitting around at home but they're not playing nine innings of it's like they're going to winter leagues and stuff like that especially when they're younger players but then those guys get hurt and stuff happens and the only reason why they're doing that is because they don't make enough money in the so it's like it's like a it's the same issue kind of in baseball actually where uh, uh, Ronnie Mauricio, if anyone is listening, is a Mets fan, tore his ACL playing winter ball because he said he didn't make enough money playing in the pros or playing in the minor leagues, rather. Yeah. And, like, that's because... a problem. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> that's not good. And that's just a microcosm of this issue, which is the same issue. That yeah. these people aren't paid enough and they can't live. And yeah. John Cole Jones has to go play in China right now, which yeah. is wild. We have this sort of, I think, as people who aren't in in that like you and me don't but like just generally when you look at sports from the outsider casual perspective you see it as like oh these people are famous they get played to they get paid to play a sport on television they must be rich which is not the case these people don't make a lot of money at especially at the start of their career and especially in leagues like the WNBA or i mean we're now seeing record NWSL contracts where they're making, you know, $400,000 a year now, which is, which is a record for them. That's not even the minimum for a rookie in the MLB. Like, and that's what Mal Swanson gets paid to play soccer. One of the greatest women soccer players in the world. She gets paid less than what an, an MLB rookie gets paid. So, and, and on top of that, it's just the Mal Swansons of the world. Like, like her teammates are not not all of her teammates are making that money. The really good ones are, yeah. but but the but but the ones who are like the average players or the below average players or the rookies who could just get drafted or whatever the case may be are not making that money. So like that's that's also an issue where there's a, there's also a money imbalance in these leagues where I feel like the WNBA is less unbalanced because there's just no one's really making that that much like a lot of the people who are making a ton of money have a lot of advertisements and a lot of sponsorships and stuff like Brianna Stewart with her shoes and Sabrina Unescu with her shoes. But someone like Mallory Swanson making that much money, her teammates making like nothing is crazy. It's that's also bad in a different sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's these are, these are issues that we have to work through as a, as a society and, and you know, I hope, I hope a has a nice restful 2024. Um, yes, she deserves it. Uh, and then finally, uh, last week we talked about Jasmine Thomas retiring, and I think literally the day after we recorded, yeah. it was announced that she got a job in player development. I believe it was. Let me go back through our text because I sent you the text on that one too. Uh, let's see, what career Neca Jordan Canada. Darren Waller releasing an album. That's so funny. Uh, oh, yes, yeah. she's the director of player programs and a and player development coach. So good for her. Yeah, that's good. That's a good. That's nice. Always also getting someone who's recently in the league 
there is nice too. Yeah. That's like really firsthand experience for those players and her. Yeah. It, and it's nice for a team like the wings who need veteran, you know, she's not on the team, but just being there, she provides sort of a veteran. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we've done now about 20 minutes on free agency, which look at what happens when we actually have stuff to talk about. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so let's take a little break. When we come back, we'll do a little short bit on college basketball. All right. And we're back. Um, so first I want to say this wasn't on our thing, but I just saw it. Um, LSU is playing tonight. I believe against uh, South Carolina, though I could be wrong. And it appears that Kim Mulkey is now like a NASCAR race car and has sold advertisement oh, yeah. on her clothes. <laughs> Honestly, it's kind of genius. Yeah, I'm not gonna I lie mean, to you. It, listen, they already look so ugly. What what else can you do? Oh yeah, I'm not saying it looks good, <laughs> but I'm, I'm saying like, from a business perspective. Money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're if you're gonna be if if you're gonna wear be wearing absolutely ridiculous outfits, you might as well get paid for it. Get paid extra uh, for it because she's already getting paid for it. Yeah. Um, so that aside, uh this week had sort of a very a, a one big college sports moment college basketball moment. Um and that it's was it's a college was, sports moment in my opinion. Well, yes. It, college basketball is a college sports, but I wanted to hone in on no, what I, it I, was. <laughs> I mean, like, this is a big, big deal in my yeah. – I think it's this is going to be all over. So, go ahead. Uh, Caitlin Clark had something of a um, terrifying moment um, where the – I was playing Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State upset Iowa. And after the game, the fans stormed the court because they were in Ohio. And Caitlin Clark was sort of running off the court, not full-blown running, jogging, uh, seemed somewhat unaware of what was going on around her, which I can't blame her. She was probably, she just scored 45 points, I believe, in a game that they lost. Um, and a fan storming the court, who appeared to be filming the, the court storming on their phone, therefore not paying attention to what was going on around them, ran into Caitlin Clark. Uh, Caitlin Clark hit the ground hard and the videos and stuff of her being helped off the court looked bad. Luckily it wasn't. She just had sort of the, the wind knocked out of her, she said. Um, but yeah, this, this is going to be, this should probably start a discussion on this because yeah. it's, it's one thing if you're storming the court in 1984 and you're just focused on, Oh, we're all in the court. Woo. Now that everyone has like a distraction device in their hands at all times. No one has any idea what's going on around them. Yeah. And like, that's what I meant by, I think this is a larger college sports story because they do this in every sport. They, they storm yes. the fields in football. They storm courts in college men, men's and women's college basketball. I'm, I don't think they're storming the diamond in baseball games, but <laughs> like, this is a thing that is very prominent. And I would not be surprised if it gets banned at some point and they would point to this as an example of why, because especially in nowadays, what you talked about, everyone has phones and all that, where they're going to be filming all this stuff and paying attention a little less. It's also people gamble on this and the, yeah. uh, the, 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 the sports books are very invested in, in sports, both college and professional. Um, NIL money is now being thrown around at people. So they're getting officially paid and nobody wants their, 
NIL check to be wasted on a Caitlin Clark who gets hurt. And while these aren't exactly like the most nicest reasons to ban something, that's what kind of happens. Like nothing really gets banned out of the goodness of people's hearts. Sometimes it gets banned because companies are like, we don't want this to happen anymore. You know? Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if this starts a conversation about um, kind of getting rid of this altogether, maybe because she didn't get hurt. People will be like, eh, no, it's just a one-time thing. But I think also the possibility is like, she could have like got her leg blown out or something back. So, like someone rolls up yeah. on her and it's over. And I think that that's going to be in, that's going to be, it's going to be a thing if this keeps stuff like this keeps happening. So, and this is just the first instance of it. So maybe it'll be muck. It's just an unlucky thing, but I think it'll be a conversation. Yeah. Like you said, it, you know, it, it's lucky. She just got the wind knocked out of her, you know, it, but had that collision happened slightly differently or had she landed kind of differently, she could have blown out her knee. And at that yeah. point, the season something like that yeah so, something th- this could have been way worse and in the moment it did look like it was way worse but it could have been way worse and and this is completely avoidable like this isn't a oh we're playing and i randomly landed wrong and blew out my knee and like oh no but like this is completely avoidable there's a way to stop this from happening and you know i get it's not this is fun. It's fun for these fans to, oh, we won. We took them down. Let's storm the court. Woo! Like, that's fun. Especially because a lot of these kids who are doing it are students. And yes. it's it's like a big cultural thing to yeah. be able to storm the court and but, do that when your team, when the school yeah. that you go for does this. Yeah. but Go to, rather. There's a line to be drawn where, like, fun is not more important than safety. I agree. And... Now, especially, there's money involved now. This isn't just, again, this isn't 1984, and these aren't just, like, some some guy playing for this team and then, you know, whatever. Like, these are athletes who are, you know, making money off of this. And, like, so there's sports books making money off of this. There's too much money involved now for this to turn into something legitimately bad. Yeah. And, like, I, I, I know that's very... uh cynic cynical of me to be like oh well all the money involved is going to get this banned instead of people caring about players but i mean that's just kind of how this world works that we live in as 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 shitty as that is like that's just kind of the reality of the situation you know and so i don't know it just i wouldn't be surprised if this starts a a larger conversation with the ncaa writ large because like could you imagine if like if Caitlin Clark as big as she's going to be the first overall pick and is one of the best players in college sports, like tore her ACL, like this is a huge story. Yeah. It's a huge, it was a huge story anyway. And so I don't know. You, you, you don't need like a Caleb Williams at USC to get Tara's ACL because a fan ran on the field and then he loses $20 million because that's also a problem for the player too at that point, because we're talking about players losing future earnings based on they're not this isn't like a thing that a situation where they put themselves into like Caitlin Clark going to play pickup like Paige Beckers and tearing her ACL. Like, yeah, that sucks. But also Paige decided to play on her own accord. It's not like she was forced. Yeah. Like Caitlin Clark got blown up by this dude by accident. Like she wasn't, she didn't ask them to storm the court. Like, you know what I mean? It was totally yeah. this guy's fault. So if she lost future earnings because of this, that would also be a problem for the NCAA. So 
Like, it's a problem for everyone. And I don't know. I like storming the court because I think it's something that's really cool and unique about college sports. But if stuff like this is going to happen, then I don't know what you do about it. (laughs) I also want to say I saw a weird... Uh, like an, uh, a weird amount of people, not just one or two, I saw a lot of people after a day or two start turning this around and making it like it was Caitlin Clark's fault. This is not Caitlin's Clark, Caitlin Clark's yeah, fault. In what way? <laughs> How do you, I get it. If you don't like Iowa or her, we all have our weird idiosyncrasies where you're allowed to not like people. That's fine. I don't give a shit. But you can't sit there and reasonably try to tell me that actually Caitlin Clark running off the court is at fault for the situation where she ran into someone who shouldn't be on the court. Like, I get that they're allowed to storm the court, but just looking at it, they're not supposed to be on the court at the same time as her. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised if they're not allowed to storm the court, to be honest with you. Like, they overlooked that rule, but, like, there is a rule that says don't storm the court, and then, then, like, they're like, oh, don't do that again. I mean, look at baseball. Like, people used to do that shit all the time. Like, they used to run on the on the diamond when the team would win the World Series or whatever. But, like, if 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 the Mets win the World Series and I run onto the field, I'm getting banned from City Field for the rest of my life. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, and that's not to say that it doesn't – that's not to say it, like, delegitimizes, like, the win or anything. Like, would it be cool if someone could do that at City Field if the Mets win the World Series? Sure. But then you accidentally – Tear some dude's ACL and then you get sued and then it's like a whole different ball game. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think at some point it'll be something that gets banned and I think they will point to this moment. Yeah. I mean, you like you see it now in baseball. If anyone runs onto the field at any point, yeah, they cut the camera away and they get taken. I was at a, I was. This is kind of off topic, but this is one of my favorite moments ever in City Field. I was at City Field this last year and three people ran onto the field at the same time while Call Me Maybe was playing in the eighth inning, and it was the weirdest moment I've ever seen in my life of just nothing happening, Call Me Maybe playing, and security attempting to catch three people. It's just like me, for real. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, listen, I get it. Carly Rae Jepsen makes me go crazy, too. But I think you went a little overboard. That's funny. Uh, all right. So we've done 52 minutes. I think we've done enough. I want to leave yeah. some stuff for next week at this point. Although, who knows? Maybe by next week I we'll mean, have there'll be two hours. Sign- yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's, let's, let's get the actual signing. So when could people actually officially sign? Next Thursday. So I'm going to say right now we probably not. We usually don't do this on air, but I'm going to say we should probably wait till Thursday to talk. Yeah, I would assume so at this point, because that's just seems like Thursday is our most productive time of the year anyway. So I mean, our week rather. The the Stewie signing happened on that first day. So we might get like the Uh, NECA sign on that day. Yeah, because at this point they've been legally talking to each other for like a week. Yeah, because it opened Sunday. So it's over a week. It's like a 10-day period. So yeah. if yeah. they probably have come to some – like you could come to – an, you could meet with all the teams and come to an agreement by the time the window opens. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think that about does it. Do you have anything else you want to add? No, nothing really. We covered a lot this time. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter X at TOTK pod, and you can email us at TOTK podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, hopefully we'll have a ton of 
news and signings and maybe some trades and everything like that. Bye.